Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you... Sports Whispers Weekly, where we have a shit ton on the table to talk about. We have oh, yeah. NFL free agent, NFL free agent frenzy has uh, uh, bursted open with not just signings but also trades, pretty much out the ass with some of the some of the stuff that's gone down this week. Uh, we also yes. have the NHL trade. We also have the NHL trade deadline that's starting to really heat up uh, with a couple of moves being made earlier today. Uh, Major League Baseball, they have a shit ton of signings, including some very surprising signings, might I add. Uh, of course, so. spring training has also started as well. Uh, we have March Madness, where it is really, really mad this year. Uh, and... Lou, I think it's safe to say uh, our brackets have pretty much been busted right out the gate. <laughs> no, really? What a shot. I mean, but then again, I, I, think, I think 97% of everybody else is uh, busted too, so at least we're not alone. Well, right now uh, we have, of course, you filled out the, uh, the Whispers bracket. You're currently in fourth. Uh, I'm oh. currently in second. And we have uh, we have uh, one of Jim's daughters is in uh, is in first. Uh, I don't know who in, who's in third though. Uh, we also have Alexis. We also have Alexis joining us tonight. And uh, Alexis, have you, did you fill out a bracket? Alexis, uh, she might she might have us on mute possibly. Mm. Um, I didn't realize my mic was muted. I'm tied. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, okay. I see. I see yours now. The uh, the regular binary one. Okay. Right. So I've we do two. have that. We we do have that. We also have. Uh, well, obviously, uh, you guys noticed that we had the we had a different song uh, style for tonight. And yes. that is uh, to unfortunately uh, acknowledge Uh-oh. the death of possibly yes. one of the one of the chain one of the landscape changers of professional wrestling. It, without him, right. probably probably wouldn't wouldn't be what it is today. Uh, the bad guy, uh, the bad guy, known as Razor, Ram- formerly known as Razor Ramon during his time in the WWF. Uh, Scott Hall ended up passing away uh, this past Monday at the age of 63. And yes. the reason being, the reason being earlier this month, uh, he was hospitalized after he fell and broke his hip. Uh, believe it or not, he was actually immobile on the floor for days before he was even discovered. Uh Thanks to a wellness check by uh, by fellow wrestling legend Diamond Dallas Page, 
he couldn't get he couldn't uh because of how he broke his hip, he couldn't maneuver his way to the phone to be able to call He also somebody. had three heart attacks. Yes, that's what I was gonna get to as well. Uh he underwent hip replacement surgery. Uh a blood clot ended up being dislodged, which uh resulted in him having three consecutive heart attacks, one after the other after the other. Yeah. Uh after which he was put on life support. And this is this all happened by the way. Uh the surgery and the heart attacks all happened last Saturday. Probably while we were live on while we were on the air here, actually, um, yeah, he was taken off of life support uh, on Monday, and believe it or not, he actually lasted for a good nine hours off of life support uh-huh. before he unfortunately passed right before uh, Monday Night Raw ended up uh, going live on that yes. very same night. And according to his former stablemate and uh, good friend Sean Waltman, uh, many fans know him as X-Pac, or if you're a WCW fan, you know know him as Six during his time with WCW. Uh, Apparently, four, four days after Hall's death, he ended up revealing that Hall had relapsed back into alcohol abuse during the COVID-19 pandemic. And basically the resulting lockdowns rendered him unable to basically have social interactions. And at one point he had dropped about 77 pounds all the way down to 210 from his usual 287. And uh, he was in particularly bad shape the night before uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony this past year. And Waltman had offered to move in with Hall uh, to help with his health issues. And Diamond Dallas Page, of course, also returned to help with his alcoholism. Diamond Dallas Page is actually the one responsible for getting him clean in the first place from the uh, originally when – when uh, Hall uh, went into the whole DDP yoga program and it ended up getting him clean and sober and he ended up losing a whole bunch of weight at at the same time. Well, apparently he, because of COVID-19, he ended up relapsing and he, unbeknownst to everybody else, uh, he basically was on a downhill spiral this entire time. But, you know, Scott Hall is probably most known for going to WCW uh, after he had previously been with the WWF as Razor Ramon, going to WCW with Kevin Nash, or WWF fans would know him as Diesel, uh, and forming the Outsiders, which would then become the New World Order with uh, Hulk Hogan as the third member, with uh, Hulk right. Hogan fa- uh, famously turning heel uh, that night at Bash at the Beach. And that one, that one moment, that one group being formed basically changed the entire wrestling world as we knew it, the entire wrestling landscape. Yes. And... Uh, you know, the one thing 
that you know many people don't know. I mean, ob- obviously wrestling is entertainment and stuff to begin right. with, but Scott Hall, despite the pl- despite the the character he played on television, he was nothing like the character he played on TV. Ex- com- as a matter of fact, the exact opposite. Maybe the friendliest guy that you would probably that you would probably uh that you would probably ever meet uh according to according to uh multiple friends of his and he of course uh throughout his career it, it's it's a shame that he was never a heavyweight champion uh throughout yeah. his career ex- except on uh the only the only uh the only time he was ever a heavyweight champion was outside of the WWF or WCW or even in T. Well, by the time he came to TNA, he pretty much out of the uh, main event spotlight. But right, it, it really is a shame that he was never a heavyweight champion in any of the big organizations because he was considered to be one of the top single stars of the nineties and you know, it's just for somebody who had battled all of his demons and overcome all of his demons throughout his life for him to go for, 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 for for him to, for it to take a blood clot, three heart attacks and having to be taken off of life support to be the thing to, you know, to put him away. It just doesn't seem right. No, I mean no, it's it bad enough. It never does, really. I mean, let, let's let's face it. You know, there's not never any uh, good. There, there's nothing that's ever good about about somebody dying. Uh, just no. putting that right out there. I think it's it's what I think what hurts people the most is just the fact that he went through all these problems. He got through all these problems. And yet this is what puts him away. Uh, there's only so much that can take and you know, that's when it happens. All the, all the stress he put on himself and all the beings, you know, it eventually catches up with everybody. But then again, yeah. some, you know, it gets taken too soon. Uh, Lou, what did you what did you think when you when you first heard this news that uh, that Scott Hall had been um, on life support due to a due to a blood clot and the, the well, subsequent I, three heart attacks? I was reading the article and I'm like, wow, this is you know, very saying. I mean, I know people who I know a lot of people are wrestling fans and they were um, all knew about uh, Scott Hall and you know the wrestling um, world lost their lost their, you know, it's a true, a true, um, true fighter. I'm sorry to hear about, um, you know, his his death. You know, but I heard the story. Like, you know, this is really a sad story here because um, my co-host on my show follows it uh, more closely than I do. Um, but you know, we all share, I think, uh, the loss. Whether we, you know, even though some of us don't watch wrestling as much as we used to, but um, nevertheless, you do feel sad about, you know, when one of the uh, greats uh, passes away. So. It's a sad day for, yeah. I think, not just uh, wrestling fans, but, you know, uh, in the sports world in general. 
Yeah, because, you know, Scott Hall was, was the guy that, I mean, obviously in wrestling there's, there's heels and there's faces. There's good guys, bad guys. He was the one yes. guy. He was the one guy who made it look cool to be the bad guy. Like everybody wants to be the good guy, right. but he was the one guy that made it cool to be a bad guy. And at that point, that's when the whole face heel thing kind of really changed because, you know, people started becoming more influenced by his character and how he, how he took to the role of, of being a bad guy. Uh, Alexis, what are, what, what are your thoughts uh, first off uh, upon hearing the news that Scott Hall had been uh, had been basically put on life support, and ultimately he ended up passing. And it, it, it's uh, at a AGM that he was a big fan of Scott Hall, and like when I told him, he's like, "Oh, that was one of the guys he had grown up with watching." Yeah. It it, it it definitely was. I, I mean, you know, it, it's it, he he was a, first off he he was a two time Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, he got inducted as Razor Ramon, and he got inducted as part of the NWO uh, when it came time to uh, do a Hall of Fame induction ceremony for the WWE every year. And he's definitely one of the best heels to have ever been in a wrestling ring. So for, you know, I, I I still, I still feel that just the way he went, it was, it was, it it, it was, I wouldn't say the fan, the fans were robbed, but it's like he was robbed of, Basically, you know, because of the fact that he had escaped his demons, you would think that he would be rewarded with getting to live a long, healthy rest of his life. And, you know, ultimately, I think maybe perhaps him uh, with him diving back into the uh, diving back in uh, to alcoholism and whatnot, that that is maybe perhaps where karma started to, started taking a turn. And ultimately, you know, I, I don't want to say it led to, uh, you know, him falling and breaking his hip because, you know, who knows, but it's not really a good sign when he dropped 77 pounds in such a short length of time. You know, at that point, it sort of seems like like his body was basically starting to become more brittle with uh, with the information that has uh, come out recently. But 63 years old, uh, Scott Hall, uh, his, his own son, actually, Cody Hall, was involved, I believe, if I, if I recall correctly, Cody Hall uh, 
Alexis, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he involved with uh, TNA? I'm not sure. Because I do remember his son wanting to... Yeah, yeah, okay. No. He he actually... uh, He was part of uh, New Japan. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, he was part of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and uh, so he, you know, he was part of the wrestling business uh, himself. Where actually in New Japan, he he was part of the Bullet Club stable um, for a little bit, and he hasn't wrestled from what it sounds like he hasn't wrestled since 2020 after he got released from major league wrestling. Uh, so I don't know if, uh, I don't know if his son is gonna, is gonna potentially, uh, get back into wrestling. I would assume probably not based off of, uh, you know, based off, based off of this, but whoa, Hang on just a minute. Oh, okay. Hang on. We have some breaking news here and we are going to, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually going to, uh, go away from the Scott Hall talks bit here and cut into, uh, the NHL where we do have a, we do have some breaking news about, a, a a trade that ended up going down earlier today. Uh-huh. Uh Earlier today, the Boston Bruins they acquired Hampus Lindholm from uh-huh. the Anaheim Ducks, along with oh, yeah. uh, along with another. Hang on, it was it was Hampus Lindholm and Cody Curran. Uh, going to Boston in exchange, Boston sent over Erho Vakanainen, uh, John Moore, who by the way had probably the worst contract that Don Sweeney had signed for a Bruins free agent. So I am actually glad that he's gone, uh, as well as a first round pick this year. So the Bruins do not have a first round pick. Uh, they have a second round or. They also gave up two second-round picks in 2023 and 2024 as a part of this deal. Now it is being reported by Pierre Lebrun of uh, TSN out in Canada that the Bruins and Hampus Lindholm's camps are progressing in talks towards a eight-year extension that could potentially be completed by tomorrow. Now, this is huge because now all of a sudden that price of that hefty price of a first round pick, two second round picks, a top prospect, and an established veteran all of a sudden doesn't really seem that steep now. No. Now, what are your, what are your thoughts uh, right off the bat on this, Lou? With. Uh, yeah. Lindholm had 22 points this year, five goals, 17 assists, uh, 
And Anna, by the way, another thing too, Anaheim will retain fifty percent of Lindholm's remaining contract in this. Uh, wow, that's a lot. In this deal, which fifty percent is the highest that you can go. So, uh, a, I mean, what, what are your change. thoughts? What are your thoughts on this, Lou? Uh, the Bruins, you know, they get a top four defenseman. And they get some cap flexibility in the process here. And now it seems like uh, they're working on a contract that's going to keep Lindholm in Boston for the next eight years. Wow. And for a lot of money, too. Yeah, that's a, that's a big move for, uh, for the Bruins there. Yeah, they're, a, they're a contention for a playoff spot, aren't they? I, I think with that, it's going to increase it even more. So um, it's going to get, you know, it's going to get – it's going to get very contested, uh, very contested here with um, going over, over to the Bruins. That is, a, that is a hefty deal in itself. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, to answer your question, they are they are about two points away from Toronto for uh, ah, for third so place in the Atlantic. For third place in the Atlantic, uh, Toronto has 83, Boston has 81. But the good news for Boston is they are firmly in a playoff spot. They're yes. like 16. They're like 16 points up on Columbus. So it's you know they would there would have to be a monumental collapse for Boston to, uh, to miss the playoffs. So uh, I mean, if you look at, if you look at it right now, they are actually tied with the Rangers in terms of points with 81. Uh, the Rangers are in third in the uh, Metropolitan Division. Uh, they are ahead of Washington by one point, with Washington having 80. Uh, they're actually only three points behind Tampa Bay in the Atlantic for second. So. I mean, this is a major move by Boston for not just the present, but also the future, because ever since they lost Zdeno Chara, Boston never really has had that top. They've never really had that top defensive pairing that they used to have. And now they do because uh, assuming that Boston decides to move Matt Grizzlick down to the second line, you're now looking at a top line of Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy, which, if anything, Lind- uh, McAvoy's, uh, McAvoy's play c- could actually improve Lindholm's production that we've seen out of him this season. Yes. But and I and you know the last uh, the last thing I had read was that uh, Lindholm was looking for an extension similar to the likes of Jonas Brodeen of the of the Minnesota Wild and Brodeen he ended up signing uh, a contract worth about an average annual value of six million per year. Six mil for the next one, wait one two three four five six seven for the next seven years. So he he was basically looking for seven years at six mil per. But now the Bruins are going one step further. They're giving him an extra year with eight. Uh, that'll put him pretty much until for pretty much for the for most of the rest of his career. Lindholm's already twenty eight. 
and mm. he'll be 36 by the time this uh, by the time this deal is up. So, yeah. And from what it sounds from what it sounds like, it sounds like uh, with it being eight years, that will actually lower the cap hit annually for uh, for this. So. This is actually a pretty huge move for the Bruins, who have been uh, with, with yeah. so many years left of with so many years left of uh, of Marchand and Bergeron. They want to capitalize on as uh, however much time they have left with both of their star players, and the way to do that is to finally start improving. Uh, there was another trade that went down today, and it saw the Florida Panthers acquiring Claude Giroux from yes, that was, Philadelphia that Flyers. Was expected, though. It, it, it was expected, but nobody no, nobody knew where Claude Giroux was going because uh, the Panthers were in the were in the running, Boston was in the running, Colorado was in the running. Actually, uh, from the rumor, if the rumors are true, Boston and Colorado were actually more aggressive uh, with yeah. their offers compared to Florida. That's but, yeah. But uh, ultimately, Claude Giroux uh, had determined that he wanted to go to Florida regardless. So uh, here we go. Uh, Claude Giroux, along with a fifth-round pick in 2025, uh, they also get center Connor Bunneman and center uh, German Rubsov. Uh, in exchange, the Philadelphia Flyers, they get uh, Owen Tippett coming back along with a 2024 first-round pick and a 2023 third-round pick. Now, I like the player that Philly got back, but to me, yeah. it kind of seems like they could have gotten a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I think they did get a little short change there. I mean, to, to me, Lou, it kind of seems like Philly was paying for Tippett and the first-round pick by sending yeah. over Claude Giroux along with two other players and a fifth-round pick. I don't. I don't know. It just. It, it just seems to me like the value is low for a guy who had 18 low. goals and for a guy who had eight, who has 18 goals and 24 assists so far this season with the Flyers, and Tippett only had six goals and eight assists with the uh, with the Panthers this year. Yeah, it just seems. It just seems really yeah. low to me and. I'm kind of wondering if maybe perhaps uh, the rumored, uh, you know, the rumors of Boston and Colorado uh, being more aggressive, I'm kind of wondering if maybe Boston's offer to Hampus Lind- for, Lamp- for Hampus Lindholm was actually going to be the offer, uh, but with different players other than Vakaninen and John Moore, uh, if that was actually going to be the offer for Claude Giroux, I mean, yeah. does, you know, does, doesn't that seem kind of low to you, Lou? It does seem kind of low to me. I thought I could expect a lot more than that myself. Yeah, I, I, I think you really got short, uh, short change in this deal. 
I mean, this is like getting this is like getting a first liner, or or this is like trading away your first liner, uh, which is what Claude Giroux was, for a fourth liner along with a first round pick and a third round pick. You know, it just doesn't seem right. No, but you know that's ultimately uh, what what ended up happening. And you know, not really much. Uh, not much can really can really be said about uh, about the deal. You know, obviously they they think that it's worth it. Um, honestly, you know, this is just me being a Bruins fan, but I probably would have looked at what the Bruins could have potentially offered or what uh, Colorado would have offered. That's just me. Right. But ultimately, though, uh, Claude Giroux is now a Panther. And uh, let's just put it this way. This makes the Atlantic the, – the, Florida's already leading the Atlantic division by six points already. And this is only going to further strengthen the, their, their squad uh, right now, you know, actually, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, period. And it just makes Florida even more dangerous, adding mm. a sniper the like of uh, the likes of Claude Giroux. Uh, now, going back to the Ducks, the Ducks weren't done dealing, however. Uh, they also traded Nicholas Delorier to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, he was a left winger. Uh, Minnesota, in exchange, traded away a third-round draft pick for next season. Uh, Delorier had five goals and five assists in 61 games for the Minnesota Wild, or I mean for the Anaheim Ducks this year. Uh, Anaheim also they continued their fire sale as well uh, by trading away defenseman Josh Manson to the Colorado Avalanche a couple days ago in exchange for Drew Hellison as well as a second round pick in 2023 so Anaheim has gotten themselves quite the haul uh, getting getting ready for this uh, for this trade deadline here now, there were uh, other big moves that went down. Uh, Tampa Bay got better. They acquired yes. Brandon Hagel. Uh, they acquired Brandon Hagel along with a fourth-round pick in this year's draft and a fourth-round pick in the 2024 draft in exchange for left, uh, left-winger Boris Katchuk, right-winger Taylor Radish, along with uh, first-round picks in 2023 and 2024. Now, for this this season, Hagel produced 21 goals and 16 assists uh, through 55 games before being acquired by Tampa Bay here. Uh, And Radish and and Katchuk are basically uh, just prospects involved in the deal. Uh, The two first-round picks, are top 10 protected. So if 
if Tampa Bay ends up somehow falling in the top ten, which, by the way, that's not going to happen, regardless of what people may think, there's no shot in hell that Tampa Bay ever finishes in the top, uh, you know, right. ever finishes in the bottom ten in the league this uh, these next two seasons. So, uh, I mean, that's a it's a huge acquisition for Tampa. You know, this is basically around the time where we always see big moves get made. And, you know, Tampa adding doesn't surprise me. Florida, I guess guess Florida doesn't really surprise me either, getting Giroux. The only thing that surprises me is how little they had to give up for Giroux. Uh, I, I would say so far the one team that really surprised me was Boston because Boston has never been known for making big moves at the trade deadline, at least in recent memory. In recent memory, they haven't, uh, they have, you know, they, they haven't been, uh, been known for, for making big moves under Don Sweeney. Last year, they got uh, Taylor Hall, for a second round pick and Anders Bjork, that was proven to be a win. Uh, what are your thoughts, Lou, so far about about how the uh, the days before the trade deadline has shaked out uh, has shaken out so far this uh, this season? Yeah, I'm not surprised at this. I mean, these trades are going to come. So um, you know, this is just you know until the official trade deadline comes. So there's going there's going to be a lot more of this. I wouldn't be surprised to see some more big trades coming between now and maybe even after that because, you know, you got the waiver period and whatnot. So this is only just the, just the beginning of what's to come for the next, uh, oh, let's say three to five days or so. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to good trades. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, Lafreniere uh, is considered to be – wait a minute. Let me make sure – let me make sure actually uh, just – to double check here that Lafreniere, yeah, Lafreniere is still on New York. Uh, Lafreniere, believe it or not, is actually on the trade block right now. Uh huh. The former, the former number one pick uh, uh, from a couple of years ago. I remember. But he he's on the trade block. He has to. I remember we had this conversation whether or not Lafreniere would struggle or not. Uh, in his NHL in his young NHL career, and so far he has kind of struggled. I mean, he's not putting up the numbers that a lot of people thought he would to start off his career. He had 12 goals, nine assists his first year. This year, he has 13 goals and six assists so far. So it's pretty underwhelming numbers for a first overall pick who's supposed to be a franchise-changing talent. Now, uh, what, two of the other moves uh, that have taken place, Florida, you know, they already, they already got Claude Giroux today. A couple of days ago, they ended up picking up Ben Sherratt from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Sherratt is a defenseman, of course. In exchange for forward Tyler Smilonic, along with a first-round pick next year and a fourth-round pick this year, uh, 
However, that wasn't the only trade that went down on the 16th as Callie Yarncrock was acquired by the Calgary Flames. He's a right winger in exchange for a second-round pick this year, a third-round pick next year, and a seventh-round pick in 2024. The Rangers, they did acquire Frank Vetrano a couple of days ago from the Florida Panthers in exchange for a fourth-round pick. And in my opinion, that's kind of a bit low uh, for Mm – I'm kind of wondering if maybe that was just a salary dump because Vetrano for a fourth-round pick is actually a pretty good price considering uh, Mm -hmm. that – we are only we're only maybe two seasons removed, no three seasons removed from him having a 24 goal season, uh, and following it up with a 16 goal and an 18 goal season with the Panthers. So, granted, he has 10 goals, nine assists so far this year through 50 games, but that's actually kind of a steal for the Rangers. I feel. Obviously, though, there's going to be more moves that are going to be made. And as always, you know, once they if obviously if there are any other moves that are made tonight, we will discuss them as they uh, as they come up here. Uh, I don't know the way that things are going. Maybe perhaps there will be actual moves made tonight uh, for what we for what we know of with how things are currently going. Uh, we do have an update on Cody Rhodes, the uh, former executive vice president of AEW. Uh, he has reportedly signed with the WWE and a match against against the former universal champion Seth Rollins is expected to take place on WrestleMania Sunday, which would be April 3rd, I believe. And according to Fightful Select, according to Fightful Select, uh, they are claiming that while those close to Rhodes denied that his Sunday travel was set to WrestleMania, WWE sources have indicated that they'd internally discussed flying roads in private in order to avoid the publicity of him popping up at an airport before WrestleMania. And the site added that WWE is internally planning for roads to be at the raw after mania on April 4th. And last month, apparently top WWE stars were very excited when spoken to about the news of roads possibly returning to the company. Now, obviously, for those who don't know, Cody Rhodes is the uh, one of the younger sons of or one of the uh, younger children, I should say, of Dusty Rhodes, uh, the Hall of Famer, uh, who right. has who has since passed away uh, as of 2015. Uh, Cody Rhodes, he what he had gotten his big break in the WWE, where he was a multiple-time Intercontinental Champion, uh, I believe. Actually, let me look this up here. He, yeah, he was also a multiple-time Tag Team Champion as well. Uh, he ended up leaving 
going over to uh, going to a whole bunch of different organizations. Uh, he was with Ring of Honor. He was with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was a member of the Bullet Club at one point, uh, a leader, actually, of the Bullet Club, I should say. Uh, then he formed All Elite Wrestling with uh, Jaguars co-owner Tony Khan, where he ended up winning the TNT Championship uh, three times, as well as winning the TNT Championship Tournament. His contract ended up expiring. Uh, AEW didn't feel he was worth what Cody thought he, what Cody himself thought he was worth. And they ultimately ended up moving on from him. Uh, WWE, from all indications, it sounds like the WWE basically gave him what they call the Brock Lesnar type offer, which yes. is a shit ton of money uh, to go along with. Uh, a promise of multiple championship reigns. And we're not just talking uh, heavyweight championship. We're talking intercontinental, United States, tag team, not 24-7. They aren't going to, they aren't going to turn him into a, into a joke. Uh, they're not going to turn no. him into a joke like they did when they made him into Stardust uh, in his late days with the WWE before he ended up leaving. And he reportedly has been reassured by Vince himself that Vince wouldn't make the same mistake that he made before Cody ended up, that that caused Cody to ultimately leave uh, originally. And the best way to reintroduce him, they've been dropping teases left and right on Monday Night Raw uh, the last couple weeks. Apparently, he is not expected to make his date to not make his return until the night of WrestleMania Sunday, which will be April third. So, Alexis, Monday for the championship. A lot. Uh, it won't be for the championship, unfortunately. No, no, the, um, the no, the NCA championship. Oh, it'll be right before. The, is it the night of or the night before? The night before. The night before. Oh, okay. So the NCAA championship yeah. is on. Ooh, that means Monday Night Raw. No wonder why they want him to return for Monday Night Raw. They need yeah, uh, yeah. They need something. To, they need something to go up against uh, the NCAA championship. No wonder why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I smell the rat. So I. Alexis, what are, what are your thoughts? I know you have a lot to say about uh, about Cody uh, leaving AEW and returning to the WWE. We didn't know if it was going to be for certain. We didn't know if we were being trolled again. But, well, what are your thoughts on Cody reportedly re-signing with the WWE? Right. First of all, I'm happy we're not being trolled on that. But the fact that he's promised at least multiple championships tells me that they're being serious about him this time instead of just making him a joke again. Yeah, and I think the biggest part of that is the fact that he's not going to be – 
put into the into the twenty four seven championship uh, race because Lou, you may not you, you may not know this, but the twenty four seven championship is uh, basically it's WWE's attempt at, re, at reviving the hardcore championship, but without the hardcore. So, That's going to be kind of difficult to do. Yeah, so they basically turned it into the 24-7 championship where, oh, you know, uh, the person could be anywhere at any point in time. They could be at an airport, and a wrestler could sneak up behind them with a referee and roll them up for a three count and and stuff like that. basically Basically, the title, the gist of it is the title can be defended at any point in time, whether you're in the ring, backstage, uh, in the parking lot, uh, at the nearby Throwing gym, home. wherever, at home. Yeah, exactly. At home, you know, the it's basically their way of trying to revive the hardcore division without the hardcore. But the but main still, problem with the twenty, the main problem with the twenty four seven title is that nobody takes it seriously because. I mean, hell, there's one there's one wrestler who has like 50 title reigns or something, and literally, it's it's a whole bunch of less than like like less than 10 second championship wins. It's not like there's no prestige. There's no prestige no. to the title, basically. So everybody everybody's been worried. Everybody's been worried that if Cody Rhodes ends up re-signing uh, and ends up returning to the WWE, that that Vince is going to want to make an example out of him uh, for daring to go okay. against the company and uh, wage war with the WWE. Instead, uh, you know, they would give him, they would stick him in in the twenty four seven championship bracket, which is basically. Which is basically meant for wrestlers who originally would just be a part of catering backstage and not really appear on TV. Uh, ah, I mean, the, the whole entire the whole entire concept itself is just stupid uh, in general. It is not stupid. I mean, hell, they had Rob Gronkowski win the title one time. They had. Uh, oh yeah, that's a joke. Um. I'm trying to think of some other people. They had en- they had Ennis Cantor, uh, NBA st- uh, NBA player, win it one time when they were in Boston. Uh, they even had a sportscaster uh, win it uh, from Fox on on one of the on one of their shows. They had a radio personality win it one time. I mean, it's just it's it's it's, it's been joke, embarrassing man. basically. Yeah, it's a joke, essentially. So the big worry was that uh, amongst diehard fans was, oh, if Cody re-signs with the WWE, Vince is going to want to make an example out of him and basically turn him into a joke and stick him with the 24-7 championship or something. But no, apparently uh, Vince feels that this this is the perfect opportunity to strike back at AEW for them taking all of the, all of the people that he's released and immediately signing them, uh, 
now with with him basically signing Cody, I think he wants to basically show AEW that, hey, you weren't even going to give Cody the world title. Guess what I'm going to do right from the get-go? I'm going to make a monkey out of you. He's going to have a a high-profile match at WrestleMania with, uh, with Seth Rollins. Then eventually he will get a world championship opportunity, uh, a world championship reign. Right. But uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like uh, obviously SmackDown is run by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the star on SmackDown. It sounds like eventually, and Cody Rhodes will debut uh, when he returns, he will be on the Raw roster. He will be a part of the Raw roster it sounds like they want to make it so that he becomes the star of WWE Raw. So it sounds like it. I would assume, you know, he he's going to be one of the highest paid stars in the company, uh, only behind a select few people. Uh, obviously, Brock Lesnar he makes more money. Uh, there's a couple of other people that that make more money, but he is going to be paid. Uh, you know, he is hmm. going to be paid big like and, and treated like an actual star as opposed to uh, what people feel, uh, fear is going to happen. So uh, that is the update on Cody Rhodes. Uh, let's get into March Madness. Cause, yeah. Oh, my God. What are we Well, for some of us now, March Madness. Yeah, it's like, what the hell are we witnessing this year where it's basically become the tournament of upsets? I mean, just the very first round, boom, UConn gone, boom, Alabama gone, uh, boom, Kentucky gone. Kentucky got ousted by St. Peter's. Going for Jersey. Like, are you serious? Uh, although, although I will say it couldn't have happened to a nicer asshole of a coach. Uh, yeah, that's true. In Calipari. Yeah. Uh, let's see who. Yeah, exactly. Now uh, we also we also lost a sixth ranked Colorado State. They ended up falling to Michigan, just like Michigan, just like Michigan beat Tennessee earlier today. I think maybe uh, that Michigan see. was ranked a little bit too low to be honest with you. Oh, you know you know why they were ranked too low? I think part of it had to do with uh the Jawan Howard incident. Yeah. Where he yeah, ended I, up uh I th- I think wasn't it? What what was the, what was the team that they were facing? Uh, when Juwan Howard uh, threw that punch. Yeah. Oh, but wasn't on ever again. But that did that did spark, you know, a little bit. You know, I still I still think they were ranked too low. So I wasn't really surprised by that. Uh, you know, by that uh, so-called upset because I really didn't look at it as an upset. But we did. Uh, we we saw Tennessee lose today. Iowa okay. got bounced by Richmond in the first round. Uh, LSU they got bounced by Iowa State in the first round. Miami beat USC. 
I know I'm miss I'm not, I know I'm missing quite a few. Uh hang on once. Yeah. No, actually no, I got I got all of them. I got all the upsets, I think. Um okay. let's see. Wait a minute. No. Baylor, they got upset by North Carolina today. So now it's North Carolina and UCLA in the uh round of sixteen. Well, I mean North Carolina's pretty tough, so I could that could win either way, to be honest. And I see St. Peter's is up 10 on uh, Murray State. Yeah. Wow. I just – Throw up my team from New Jersey. I, I have I, – I, I don't know what – St. Peter's, if they win, they're going to face the winner of Purdue in Texas. I guess St. Peter's may potentially be this year's uh, this year's Loyola Chicago, possibly, or maybe this year's Xavier. Yep. Uh, Cinderella, what Cinderella, else do you throw the ball? Yeah, and, and you know, here's the thing about North Carolina. Actually, North Carolina was leading by as much as twenty five. In regulation, right? Baylor somehow, Baylor somehow came back and tied it up to force overtime, only for them to only for only for them to basically uh, basically lose it in overtime. So. I mean, I don't. You know, maybe perhaps the upsets are uh, are over with here. Uh, although St. Peter's, that could be a pretty big one uh, if they end up holding on. That'd be huge. But it, you know, it just doesn't. This doesn't. Oh my God, Memphis the lead over Gonzaga. Granted, oh. it's very early, but it's very okay. early, but still. Um, Wow, you know that that would be something. If, me, if Memphis here. is able, if Memphis is able to knock off Gonzaga, that would be something. I'll tell you what. Um, in the world yeah. in this tournament. Yeah, it's just this isn't March Madness. It's not. It, I, I mean, yeah, it is March Madness. You know, with anything. I guess it, this. This year just shows that basically anything can happen. Yeah. When it comes to March Madness. So, wow. I just, okay. Uh, we do have an update actually on Hampus Lindholm. It says expect his eight-year extension to come with an average annual value at around six and a half mil. So, I mean that that is a hefty contract, but it's when you think about it, it it makes it makes sense with the uh, with with it being a lesser deal, considering it's a higher uh, higher years, a higher amount of years, because he could have potentially commanded a hell of a lot more per year. If he wanted to, you know, he's doing this game on CBS, right? 
Wait, which uh, the CBS the CBS game with St. Peter's? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. That's but, well, right. that's right. Yeah, but guess is but guess is on the sideline. Jamie. Huh. Mm-hmm. She's having. Oh my she's, god. She's been coming. You know, you know what? Uh, I think we have the TBS and TNT crew. They got quite a treat. I mean, on one side they got New Mexico State and Arkansas, and mm-hmm. which, by the way, Arkansas currently leads by five now uh, over New Mexico State. And on the TBS side, you got Memphis and Gonzaga. I honestly, I don't know which one to watch. Memphis and Gonzaga are tied at 13. They're tied at 13, and uh, Arkansas currently leads by five in a very sloppy game so far. I mean, it's 26-21, or make it 28-21, and they are just starting the second half right now, which seems like a pretty low score. Yeah. To start out the second half here. Although last night in the women's game, there was an embarrassing score. I mean, uh, South Carolina versus Howard, and Howard only had like uh, four points in the in the entire first half. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just that was uh, that was embarrassing. And you know, another person that's been embarrassing is. Uh, uh, J.D. Note of uh, of Arkansas. You know, I I taught I I mentioned this to Jim uh, on the Survivor podcast that we had a couple nights ago, and mm-hmm. the one thing I told him is J.D. Note is trying is trying to do his best impersonation of Moses Moody from the Golden State Warriors when Moses yeah. Moody was when Moses Moody was with Arkansas in the tournament last year. He basically disappeared the entire tournament, the entire, the entire time that they were in. You know, he w- he was so electric during the regular season, but absolutely completely disappeared during March Madness. And right think? now, Arkansas, you know, I don't know if it's the fact that it's playing under the big light or something, but it can happen. It just, can happen. You know, he just he just completely disappeared, and J.D. Note appears to be doing the exact same thing, uh, mm-hmm. at least to start off early on in this tournament. Not cool. And Note is probably one of Arkansas's most important pieces, too. So, you know, they can't afford to have him be off on certain nights. Right. But you know, looking looking at just looking at the uh, at the whispers uh, group that we have here. I mean, we already have. Let's see, one, two, three, four. We have five brackets already busted, uh, with their winners already being eliminated. Uh, one person took Tennessee. Uh, about two took Baylor. Actually, no, that same person, okay, yeah, that same person took Baylor, the same one that took Tennessee uh, 
though JJ took Taylor uh, or took Tennessee and Baylor. So she's basically eliminated in both of her brackets. Um, Ooh. One person, yeah. one person took, one person took Kentucky. Imagine, imagine filling out a bracket Only and taking one. Kentucky to win it all. Yeah. Imagine, imagine having Kentucky winning it all and then losing in the very first round. I think a lot of people thought maybe Kentucky would go far. Maybe not win the whole thing, but at least make, you know, oh, let's see, make it to the Final Four or whatnot. Not to be. Hmm. Well, Jesus, I mean, I had them going. Hmm. Well, actually, let me look. In one of my brackets, I had them going to the Final Four. Let's see, what did I have in the other one? I had them going to the final four in one bracket, and the other bracket, yeah, I ha- actually, I had them going to the final four in both brackets. And one of them, uh, I had Tennessee going to the finals. So, wow. My only hope for yeah, that bracket is out the Duke. What was that, Alexis? I had a Tennessee losing this game. Oh, really? Yeah. Although I did do it out of spite. Oh, this just in, actually. Uh, NCAA wrestler Gable Stevenson, who is a Olympic medalist at the same time, uh, he has won the NCAA title in college wrestling. And, oh. and he, and, and in, uh, in the same breath here, he has taken his wrestling shoes off and left them on the mat signaling that he is done with college and his next stop. He has already signed to the WWE. So his next stop yeah is professional wrestling. And this one, Justin, by the way, uh, UMass, UMass Hockey, uh, they have now clinched. Uh, they are back-to-back Hockey East champions. Powerful school. In hockey, that is. In hockey, yeah. Uh, yes. Basketball and football, on the other hand. Yeah, so much. Even even though the UMass women did officially make uh, the March Madness for, for the women's side, but, uh, yeah, no. The other comparison. It's, uh, yeah, no, not really a comparison. No, 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 no. Well, the men that had their share, you know, in some years, but, you know, not really consistent enough. No. Uh... One little bit, or actually no, two little bits of news uh, in hockey before we move on. Uh, Jacob Chitrin, uh, he has been on the trade market for the uh, from the Arizona Coyotes. He did injure his ankle against the Boston Bruins a couple of games ago. Uh, he was slated to be out yeah, okay. two to four weeks. However, uh, according to TSN's Darren Drager, uh, he is not expected to be out now for longer than two weeks, uh, as apparently 
uh, reports of his uh, of his injury were not as bad as originally thought. So maybe there's a chance he can still be traded at the deadline. I mean, he does have a lot of uh, a lot of contract left on his uh, on his deal. So All right. it is possible that he could get dealt, but. At the same time, they may still they may still end up keeping him. So we'll wait and see where that uh, where that goes. Uh, One person who will not be moving, uh, who was also on the market, is Thomas Hurdle of the San Jose Sharks, as he has reportedly signed an eight-year contract extension with San Jose, which will be worth reportedly around eight point one million dollars per year. And upon signing the the contract, he had 25 goals and 23 assists this season. Probably more now, but uh, he could have been an unrestricted free agent this summer before he ended up uh, he ended up signing this this massive extension uh, to ensure that he is the top centerman for the San Jose Sharks for years to come. Now let's get, hmm, what should we do first? Football, baseball, football, baseball. Football. Yeah, let's talk some football because uh, can we say bombshell after bombshell after bombshell? After a bombshell. You know, I don't know where to start first. I think I'll start with the Cleveland Browns. As oh, yeah. They have a, the Cleveland Browns and the Deshaun Watson uh, case is officially over. With When we reported last week that Watson was officially no longer facing criminal charges and how that may potentially open teams up to potentially dealing for him, uh, it has been revealed that he has been traded to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. Along with that, though, uh, oh, Cleveland is, by the way, getting a fifth-round pick, along with Deshaun Watson in the deal. Cleveland agreed Cleveland agreed to a five-year deal worth $230 million, and it is fully guaranteed. That's something you don't so see that two, often. No, $230 million guaranteed, $80 million more than any other contract in the history of the league. So for a team I mean, who has already added uh, – I'm sorry, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, because, like, you know, when when players sign a deal, you know, they say, like, uh, oh, let's just give a round number, uh, $80 million, and they always, like, like half of that, like 40, 40, $45 million guaranteed. That's pretty much normal. You don't see a full guarantee with that with that kind of an offer, or any offer for that matter. Never. So, uh, this is pretty rare. Never. Never. 
And no, not, my uh, not just not just not just that. Uh, Cleveland is basically going all in with this roster right now. Uh, they have they added Amari Cooper, who is now the number yeah. one receiver for the Browns. Uh, they have David Njoku, who is now going to see a much bigger role with Austin Hooper officially no longer a Brown. Watson, uh, assuming that there's no lengthy suspension, immediately puts Cleveland right back on the map. Uh, assuming that is that he plays anywhere close to he did, to what to how he did with Houston before the year off, but. All right, Alexis, what do you take of this contract? Because, I mean, there's been – we've seen fully guaranteed contracts before, but never at this extent of $230 million. That's like they're basically thinking that this is a sure thing. Right, and as we know – Going to the Browns, that's where your career dies. Yeah, you know, Cleveland is basically where you go to for your career to die. That's basically been the joke around the NFL uh, when Cleveland was absolutely horrible. But, I mean, this is a team who originally, if I recall correctly, I believe – when they tra- when they got Baker Mayfield, did they trade up to get Baker Mayfield in the draft? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. So so he so they did have the number one pick period that year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had a number one pick, and you took Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's had problems with health, with with staying healthy and whatnot. But he has a cannon for an arm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of wonder if maybe part of the problem has to do with who's the one calling the shots. Yes, as opposed to the quarterback itself. I just don't know if this is the right move by Cleveland. Uh, what are your thoughts? On I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I mean, Cooper, yeah, but, you know, with, with Watson, you know, I don't think it's the right move. I think Cleveland just gave a new meaning to its, uh, to a name, this mistake by the leak. Because that might be a big mistake right there. What are your what are your thoughts, uh, Alexis? Yeah, I don't see them doing anything even with what. No. Mm-mm. Even even with Watson and bringing in Amari Cooper, who basically revitalized his career in Dallas. I honestly don't think they're going to do really any good. It's Cleveland. They they could have all the star power and still fuck it up. Yeah. I, and, 
And Baker Mayfield has now told the Browns that he wants to be traded to the Colts. Originally, before this deal was agreed to, uh, to bring Deshaun Watson in, um, he had requested a trade. Baker Mayfield had requested a trade, and the Browns emphatically told him no. Now, obviously, this changes things. And Indianapolis, they do need a quarterback. Honestly, I think Baker Mayfield's probably a better option for them than Carson Wentz was. Uh-huh. I mean, the Colts, they have a solid running game, a good roster, and they don't really need that much. They just need a competent quarterback to actually make a real run at the playoffs. And, I mean, it's, it wouldn't really cost them that much to take, a, to take a gamble on Mayfield. As a matter of fact, to show you how much the Browns value Mayfield, they basically told teams, look, if you want to trade for Mayfield, you only need to give us a day two pick. A day two pick is all it's going to take in the draft. So that's what, uh, round, wait, the first day, is it only, is it only the first round or is it the first and second round on the first day? It's the, um, just the first round. Okay. So it would basically be a second, third or fourth round pick is all that it's going to take for Baker Mayfield. Right. Right. To me, that basically just says they want. That, that basically just says that they want that they want to uh, that that they want to just basically dump him. Sure, sounds like. So we went from that deal, and you know the whole thing with the AFC. It's been basically a gigantic dick measuring contest. And, you know, who can outdo who? And there hasn't been as big of one in a division than the AFC West. We saw saw the Broncos get Russell Wilson. We saw the Chargers get – we saw the Chargers get Khalil Mack. The Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs are the big dogs in that division with uh, with all the stars they have. Now the Raiders have decided to jump into the conversation. And maybe the biggest shocker, the, uh, the Vegas Raiders have acquired wide receiver Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers in exchange for a first and second round pick in this year's draft. And along with that, they gave him a five-year, 141 and a quarter million dollar contract, which will make him the highest paid wideout in the league at an eye-popping average annual value of 28 and a quarter million. Oh, boy. Good God. My thoughts exactly. 
And I mean, I kind of understand, you know, long-term talks weren't going, weren't going well with Adams and Green Bay. Right. I mean, it, it, this kind of seems like he was basically mm-hmm. insulted that they even offered him uh, the yeah. franchise tag as opposed to flat out extending him. So now, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he said that he wouldn't sign, he wouldn't sign with Green or wherever he would sign, he would want Marcus Valdez Scantling, which can still happen, and Devontae Adams there with him. Now, Devontae Adams is gone. Valdez Scantling is looking for $12 million per season, which, to be honest, I don't think he's going to get that. I doubt it. But, but Rodgers is now losing the best the, – the player he called the best receiver that he has ever had. So now, if you look at Green Bay's wide receiver core, you have Alan Lazard as your number one wide receiver in Green Bay. You have Randall Cobb and you have Amari Rodgers. And now because of this, Vegas is looking to keep Derek Carr in Vegas for the long-term future. I mean, it looks like it looks like right now, you know, the AFC West. There's the potential. I mean, you know, we kind of joked about it a couple of weeks ago that the AFC West could potentially become. You could see all four teams make the playoffs. Realistically, after this trade, I think you could realistically see all four teams from the AFC West now make the playoffs. Huh. And I mean, imagine having Derek. Derek Carr has to be the happiest quarterback in the league right now. Imagine being able to. Imagine being able to get to throw to not just Hunter Renfro, not just uh, Darren Waller, but now you get to throw to Devontae Adams as well, who, by the way, used to be his teammate uh, in. Used to be his teammate. Uh, in college with the uh, with the Bulldogs, uh, Fresno State. That's what, there was there it was. I was trying to remember the name of the the name of the college, Fresno State. They were teammates, right? Oh my God, Arkansas! What the hell are you guys doing? Are, are any of are, are either of you watching this right now? Uh, not that particular game. No. No, not that game. Arkansas zero points within the last eight minutes. They have allowed really? New Mexico State. They have allowed New Mexico State to come back and tie the game, and they keep getting charged. Oh, oh wow. my God. Memphis thirty-four to twenty-eight against Gonzaga. Okay, this is ridiculous.
Oh, but it's still the first half, though, right? It is still the first half, yeah. It's Okay, uh, about and it's only three... down by six, so it's plenty of time. Oh, my God, what is... Oh, this is... You know, I... I guess we're glad that Jim is not on the air with us right now because he is he's blowing yeah. a gasket right now in sports whispers as it is. Uh, I mean, livid. We, we heard him blow a gasket kind of during the uh, Survivor uh, the Survivor recap show when he was watching the Arkansas game at the same time. And I missed it. Yeah, and by the by the way, uh, once again, uh, you know, there was something that did, uh, I feel like I do kind of have to address this. Uh, there is something that did go down on the Survivor recap show this past week uh, on the after show. Uh, something was said, um, you know, on behalf of not just the person who said it, but also on behalf of the Missy A.E. podcast, uh, we do want to apologize uh, for what was said. Um, This person did take it too far. And uh, Alexis, I mean, Alexis, you were on, you were on, so you know what, you know what, what, uh, what I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. Needless to say, uh, the person is genuine uh, when he said when he said that he was sorry about what was said, uh, and hopefully the person that was uh, the subject of this, hopefully they are listening to this, whether it's now or on the archives. Uh, just know that he is legitimately sorry for uh, what was said, um, and. Hopefully we hear from we hear from uh we hear from her this uh this upcoming uh this upcoming Thursday night. Hope I'm hoping that Kansas calls uh calls in and that uh this one incident doesn't uh prevent her from uh from calling back in. All right, moving on to the next bit of news with the NFL. Uh, Tom Brady, he announced on his Twitter that he will officially return to the Buccaneers for the 2022 season. I guess apparently amidst all of the all the stuff that was going on in free agency, that uh, he wanted to uh, to jump in as well. So. Yeah. Uh, last Sunday, he went to the Manchester United game and had a talk with uh, had a talk with Cristiano Ronaldo, who had scored a hat trick in that game. And yeah. Ronaldo Ronaldo had asked him if it was truly the end for him, and Brady basically had this awkward uh, this awkward sort of laugh. And I guess perhaps, uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like Ronaldo's performance that he put on in that game that Brady was at uh, over in Manchester uh, convinced Brady to come out of retirement. And 
now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, uh, Tampa Bay has jumped back on the map as a destination for potential free agents. I'm surprised. I mean, it, it, you know, it it, it kind of makes sense that Brady would ultimately not stay retired, don't you think? Because right. because you know he had just come off of a uh, you know he had just come off of an MVP type season, even right. though they gave it to Rodgers for some reason. Brady should have won the MVP. I still, I still say that Brady should have won the MVP. Period. Uh, you know, it it sort of seemed kind of, kind of awkward, don't you think that, uh, or not awkward, but kind of wrong, that a player would retire after having probably one of the best seasons of their career. Yes. So I wasn't surprised by this at all. You know. He left the season feeling unsatisfied, thinking was you know, think well, it's not the way I wanted to go out. I still got something I want to prove. Meaning, uh, I want to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, after consideration with around the NFL and whatnot, and a few other sources, I'm coming out of retirement. Yes, I think my retirement. So what? I kind of think he just had the itch. And couldn't yeah. stay away. I mean, he only he was only retired for forty days, right? So, you know, he just couldn't stay retired. I mean, what what are your thoughts, Alexis? Uh, you know, do you think that he was he was really inspired by uh, by the soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo's performance, or do you think it was just you know? In his mind, he couldn't stay retired after that. After the performance he put on this past season, he just couldn't stay retired after that performance. Like, even though he didn't get the title, he had an MVP season. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it was definitely. Uh, by the way, uh, Memphis has increased their lead to eight now. Uh, over Gonzaga with about a minute and a half to go in the first half. Um, yeah, you know, he had just had an MVP season. And by the way, it took an act of God for L.A. to end up coming back and tying up that game like they did, or not tying up the game, but for uh, for them to be able to end up uh, winning that game. Yes. Uh, with a late with a late drive like they had in under a minute. And by the way, that lead is now up to ten for Memphis over Gonzaga. So uh, we are on potential upset alert here for uh, for uh, Gonzaga. So you know, I just I see I I th- I think I agree with what. Brady said when he said he has unfinished business, I believe he really does have unfinished business. Mm-hmm. St. Peter's up by right. five. I think we know. Oh, dear. St. Peter's up by five with 3.08 to go. You know, this Arkansas team, I just don't understand. They're, 
all they have to do is just slow it down, not you know stop making all these right. all these fast decisions like they are here. Oh, nice turnover though. That's huge. That is huge, and what a dunk! Huge. Arkansas now back up to eight. All right, back to uh, some NFL news. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he will receive $150.8 million over the next three years. So he's basically making about $50 million a year for the next three seasons. Yeah. Although, considering the Devontae Adams news, maybe he may just retire after uh, – after hearing about no uh, no more uh, Adams. But, uh, you know, that was one of the big questions that ended up being resolved was where would Aaron Rodgers fall? Uh, you know, would he – would he go back to Green Bay? Would he go elsewhere? You know, there were other uh, other teams in need of a quarterback. Ultimately, though, he ended up re-signing with Green Bay. The Cowboys, they did a re-signing of their own as they decided we're not going to keep Amari Cooper. Instead, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna keep Michael Ga- we're gonna keep Michael Gallup, who's coming off of an yep. ACL tear. Uh, <laughs> They have re-signed him to a five-year, $62.5 million deal, uh, which includes $27 million in guarantees. And, I mean, it's a pretty big contract for a wide receiver who hasn't cracked 1,000 yards since the 2019 season. Yeah. And he's going to be the number two wide receiver behind C.D. Lamb on that depth chart. And not to mention, he's probably going to be the third option behind both Lamb and tight end Dalton Schultz. I mean, Lou, you're you're a Cowboys fan. What are your thoughts on this? The fact that they decided to side with Michael Gallup over a guy like Amari Cooper. That was a dumb move. They should have kept Cooper and you know traded Gallup. I mean, he hasn't done anything for the for the team at all. Cooper, you know, was you know our our saving grace. And now he's being traded. I mean, Gallup hasn't done anything. You got to sign him. You got to sign him extension. Uh, no, I wouldn't. That was not a very smart move on Dallas's part. So this could be a bit of a downward spiral on for them. I am not happy with this with this move that the Dallas Cowboys made. Jerry Jones, you need help, and you need help right now. Ugh. What a maroon. Yeah, I I still don't agree with that decision to no no go with I think to go with a guy don't either coming, to go with a guy who's coming off of an ACL tear and that too instead go to and instead go go with him instead of Amari Cooper yeah I I I just don't understand Why it you and want now to keep the guy is injury prone. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all to me. Um, yeah. And actually, Amari Cooper. Let me see if I can find the exact uh, 
No, I think we reported it last week. Yeah, we reported it last week. So uh, I forget the exact the exact uh, compensation they got in return for him, but that Memphis uh, lead now up by eleven with forty two seconds to go in the fir- or okay no never mind Gonzaga's at the free throw line. Um, yeah, dear. How many I forget, I forget the Memphis. Memphis. Well, what was that, Alexis? I believe I saw 14 people have it as their champion in the group. Oh, yeah. Gonzaga oh, yeah. Loses. Including yeah. both Lou and I have both Lou and I have Gonzaga as well. So, uh, yeah. needless to say, Imagine, imagine if if Gonzaga loses, we're gonna have a whole bunch of busted brackets. Be prepared now. I know I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not gonna be a uh, it's not gonna be a good uh, you know a good a good thing for uh, for many of the uh, whispers uh, contenders. Like I've said just before. It's not March Madness anymore. Now it's March Sadness. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, speaking of March Sadness, one of the things that made me sad this week, and I have no idea what the fuck Bill Belichick is doing, uh, but the the Buccaneers made a trade with the uh, New England Patriots, acquiring probably our best guard, our best guard on our Shaq Mason, uh, from the Patriots in exchange for only a fifth round pick, and Mason has two more years on his deal, uh, which are now being, which is now going over to Tampa, who lost both Alex Kappa uh, to the Bengals and Ali Marpet to retirement. So now Mason comes in uh, after having another strong season where he was the fourth-ranked guard in all of the NFL last year. And granted, maybe it's because of the fact that they just wanted to dump him because they can dump his contract, uh, yeah. free, freeing up around $8 million over the next two years. Uh which basically is sixteen million total. Uh basic math kids, basic math. Um you know sixteen sixteen million dollars they freed up basically over the next two years. And we kind of think we uh, Patriot fans kinda of figured, okay, maybe Belichick is, is working on something. You know, maybe uh there was talk that, you know, they would perhaps go after Lyle Collins. From the who, who the Cowboys ended up uh, letting go to free agency after they released him, but apparently the Patriots weren't even in on Lyle Collins. So instead, they got some scrub from Houston that nobody even knows who he is. Uh, they they re-signed they did re-sign James White to a two-year, five million dollar deal which doesn't make any sense because James White would be behind both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson now on the, uh, on the depth chart. Uh, they did also re-sign Devin McCourty to a one-year deal worth about $9 million. You know, it's for, a, for 
for a team who supposedly wanted to go younger in free agency, it seems like they are they're completely unless that was just a lie to throw teams off in free agency or something. It's uh, maybe this is probably one of the more confusing off seasons I've seen uh, from the Patriots in in quite a few years. Uh, this one, Lou. I know. I know. Uh, as a Cowboy fan, you're probably pissed about this. Randy Gregory originally signed a five-year, seventy million dollar deal to stay with the Cowboys. Oh, However, instead, he changed his mind at the last second after Dallas had already tweeted that they had re-signed him. He changed his mind and instead signed the exact same deal, but with the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, yeah, they're trying to get. I mean, they're trying to look to be like a, a dangerous team in the um, NFC West, and you know they have a they have a strong lineup here. I mean, they're they got the quarterback they need, and now they're getting now they're getting Gregory. So this could be a Denver could be a dangerous team in the coming year. And that also that also at the same time put to bed any rumors of uh of Von Miller returning to the uh Denver Broncos with the signing of Gregory to that to that massive deal. Uh but I mean that's gotta be you know, it's gotta be discouraging for a Cowboys fan, you know, that you, say that you don't know exactly you don't know exactly where you're going to be headed uh, with this upcoming season. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. And you think one of your players is coming back only to all of a sudden lose that player. It's, you know, it's got to be discouraging if you're a, if you're a a fan of the Cowboys. I'm finding very discouraging right now. Uh, we have added in uh, JB. JB, how are you doing tonight? Hi, JB. I'm doing fine so far. Hey, JB. Well, that's, hey. Good. that's good to hear. Uh, we do have uh, we have Lou and we have Alexis on the line with us tonight. Um, well, we've just been discussing we've been discussing March Madness. Uh, just a for the last uh, bit here, we've been talking about uh, NFL free agency, and uh, we will be getting to Major League Baseball as well, uh, probably in the after show. Uh, but we've pretty much been talking about how you know March Madness is really March Madness this year with all the upsets that we've been seeing, and now all of these massive deals that we've been seeing. Uh, out there in the NFL. I mean, J- JB, what what are your thoughts on? Uh, well, I mean, let's start off with: uh, Have you been watching any of March Madness this year? No, I have not. Uh, one thing that uh, you know, I will uh, ad- admit is that I'm really not a sports kind of fan 
even though I do get in. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. Even even though I do get into um, all like uh, Graham's get, get iron, gridiron, uh, you know, football, that's about yeah. the only thing that I really get into. I have never gotten into the uh, March Madness. Um, oh. You know, the brackets, even, uh, you know, for all the uh, years that I have known, uh, that I have known uh, Jim in all the, you know, 15 plus years that I have known him, I've really never gotten into talking about, uh, you know, any kind of uh, sports or anything like that. I mainly call in just to uh just to listen. And well, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I know. And I know I have read a few things about uh this is not uh, March Madness related, but I know I have re- read a few things about uh the Bengals uh being uh they said that they were you know in the up and up as far as uh passing on the 2022 free agency oh well, i don't know if i would say they've been passing on the free agency well, because the, they've the, gotten the the three players that they have uh, passed on i guess Well, I mean, they, they've they really upgraded their offensive line this year. Uh, adding, They ended up uh, getting Ted Karras, formerly of the Patriots. Uh, they ended up grabbing, I believe it was, hang on. They did. It was again. the... Uh, they they ended up grabbing the uh, or they did re-sign Eli Apple. Uh, they got Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's perhaps one of their better offensive linemen. Uh, they got Ted Care. They got Ted Karras from the Patriots, and from what it sounds like, they may potentially get Lyle Collins as well from the Cowboys, as Lyle Collins was in town. Uh, earlier today for uh, for a free agency meeting with them. So they have really given Joe Burrow uh, quite the uh, quite the reinforcements. Which to me sounds all you know, it sounds a lot better than the past two years. Yeah, I mean, you, you, could, you could agree. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Alexis. St. Peter's, knocked off Murray State. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, the the 15th rank, or 15th seed St. Yeah, Peter's. Yeah, again. Jesus. 
on on their way to the Sweet 16 now. Man, I'm telling you know I'm telling you it's we we were on upset watch for for that one. We're on upset mm-hmm. watch currently for Memphis against Gonzaga. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, Memphis yeah. is leading by ten at the half right now against Gonzaga, the uh, the odds-on favorite to win March Madness this year. So Who, there's going to be a lot of no uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, okay, yeah, because they were uh, ranked a... number one. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of whispers brackets busted if Gonzaga doesn't come back here uh, in the second half. So it's yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be potentially potentially uh, uh, ugly for. Um, for for the whispers brackets, and we're gonna see pretty much half of the uh, half of the field, or at least close to half of the field, uh, go down tonight potentially. And something I must uh, you know add in there too is that I never was. Uh, you know, a fan, even though I did watch a little bit of uh, college basketball, well, I I watch a lot more college basketball than I do uh, Mm -hmm. professional basketball. I don't even watch professional basketball. Um, College uh, basketball, I I like to see... And this goes for uh, football, too. I like to see, like, the uh, number one team even lose just a little bit to, you know, like the number three team. And I do like yeah. to see, I do love to see an an unranked team beat a ranked team. You know, maybe like about twenty or thirty points in yeah. uh, football. I love to see that. Doesn't get anything better than By that. By the way, I'm still I'm still sore. Uh, speaking of unranked teams, I am still sore that uh, Texas A&M didn't make it into March Madness this year. I oh, I am yeah. really pissed actually because I feel after they beat Arkansas. Uh, I thought that I thought that was almost a guarantee that they that they had uh, uh, you know stamped their way into uh, into the March Madness brackets. He thinks he's pissed. Uh, what about that idea that's on the line? That's why I brought it up. I mean, Alexis, you gotta. I I know you uh you know you were talking with me uh when it happened when March Madness brackets were being revealed and 
you weren't sure who ended up making it. And I told you, I, t- I told you, Texas A&M got snubbed. They were one of the, they were one of the teams that got snubbed, but yet Notre Dame fucking made it in. Notre Dame, or some of these other, some of these other lower seeds, uh, not of course not counting St. Peter's at this point, but uh, some of these other lower seeds made it in, but yet uh, Texas A&M didn't. And by the way, there are only two SEC teams remaining right now in in March Madness. Uh, Arkansas and Auburn are the only two remaining SEC teams uh, in the in the uh, tournament right now. Because hmm. Alabama got upset in the first round. Yeah, Alabama got upset in the first round. Uh, there's. Uh, Tennessee, they got beat earlier today. Oh, give and me I've I've been reading about uh, Baylor and North Carolina beating uh, Baylor, and on my telephone it said that North Carolina actually gave up like a twenty-five point lead, and yes, they Baylor. Yeah, Baylor came back. It was like a was it correct me if I'm wrong, was it a overtime uh win for yes. North Carolina? Yep. Yes. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like so, I think it was like a nine I think it was like a nine point win or something. Yeah, it was ninety three to eighty six, I see. Seven. That's such horseshit. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching the Arkansas game, and the guy wasn't even set. And they call it, they call it a charge on J.D. Note, who is now fouled out. They call that a charge, and the guy's feet weren't even set outside of the circle. I mean, he was outside uh-huh. of the circle, but his feet his feet weren't even set. Yeah, so how can that be a charge, right? Well, a guy, uh, a referee yeah. who wants New Mexico State to advance, that's how. Because now, yeah. all of a sudden, Arkansas is only up by three with 41 seconds to go. And but, even though I don't really get into watching uh, – you know, basketball and football, college basketball and football. I do watch it every now and then. You know, I I, I don't want to say I don't like it. I don't like to watch it because I do like to watch it. It is a heck of a lot better than watching uh, professional basketball or football. Well, it's it's faster paced. Yeah, I like the different rules too that they have compared to like the NFL. Yeah. Matter of fact, 
some of the uh, some of the college rules are technically tests for potential NFL, uh, you know, for potential NFL rules. So don't be surprised if the NFL changes some of their some of their rules, uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, to potentially bring some sort of a little bit more of a college feel towards it. It's, you know, very slowly they're starting to move towards that direction. Yeah, uh, I've seen seen that. Speaking of the NFL, though, uh, you know, know, uh, Lou, how I was talking about how I have no idea what the hell – Bill Belichick is doing this year. Right. He allowed the Chargers to grab J.C. Jackson, the number one cornerback on the market, coming from the Patriots to a five-year, $82.5 million deal with $40 million of it guaranteed. And this is basically the same deal that Byron Jones got from the Dolphins last offseason. Jackson leads the NFL in interceptions since entering the league in 2018 as an undrafted free agent with 25 interceptions since 2018. And this is a guy that Belichick is not going to spend money on, especially after he let Stephon Gilmore go. I mean, I don't understand what the hell he's doing this off season. No, I need a new wing. Yeah. He's on his right mind. Seriously, Arkansas, wide open, wide open. Oh my God, we have a potential upset alert here. New Mexico State. Somehow they're staying in it. Down by only down by two now. The Hogs desperately need they well they're probably it's probably going to be free throws the rest of the way for Arkansas, but they need a stop big time forward here. Uh, let's see some of the other signings around the league here. Christian Kirk signed a four-year deal with the Jaguars worth up to $84 million. And, uh, yeah, let's just say that they overpaid. They desperately overpaid for Christian Kirk. Has never had – he's never had a 1,000-yard season, yet at the age of 25 – He's making around $21 million per season on this deal. I mean, it's just – I don't understand the rationale behind Jacksonville's, uh, Jacksonville's yeah, uh, signing here. Oh, by the way, JB, another thing, too, the Bengals, they did re-sign B.J. Hill, uh, one of their defensive tackles, 
to a three-year, $30 million deal. So uh, they weren't able to keep uh, one of their other – they weren't able to keep their other defensive tackle, but they did keep B.J. Hill. Okay. One of the other uh, big signings was the Eagles signing Hassan Reddick to a three-year, $45 million deal, uh, which is about $30 million fully guaranteed at the time of the signing. Um, he became a star for Arizona, and now all of a sudden he, that Eagles defense has now gotten a hell of a lot better with this uh, with this acquisition. The Buffalo Bills, though, you want to talk about questionable contracts. You know, we we talked about uh we talked we talked about the Christian Kirk contract. How about Von Miller signing a and keep keep in mind, this is a guy who is 32 years old. He isn't as good, I mean, he he's still a very good linebacker, but he isn't the Denver Broncos version of Von Miller. No. And now he has signed a six-year, hundred and twenty. Wait, hopefully I got this right. Six years, a hundred and twenty million dollar deal with the Buffalo Bills. Well. I mean, is that is it just me, Lou, or does this seem like a massive overpay oh, for a guy who for for a guy who isn't really even you know he isn't really at even uh, at his best like he once was? No, no, he's way overpaying. I'll tell you one thing. All the Patriots' opponents got better, except the Patriots. Well, I mean, hell, the Dolphins. The, the, the Dolphins. They got. Uh, they re-signed Emmanuel Ogba to a four-year, sixty-five million dollar deal. They're uh, one of their defensive ends. Uh, the Jets. They ended up grabbing. A few players, they re-signed Braxton Berrios. Uh, the Dolphins, mm. they re-signed Mike Gesicki. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater to back up Tua Tunga-Vailoa. All the Patriots have done is basically uh, they, they signed Ty Montgomery to pretty much be... You know, to pr- to pretty much be uh, the replacement for Gunnar Olszewski, who doesn't e- who wasn't even a wide receiver to begin with, but yeah, he was returning punts and kicks. Yeah, it's I- I'm just kind of looking at I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at at them just going, what the hell are you guys doing? This isn't the Patriots. I I mean, you know, this this isn't the same Patriots team that 
oh, you, you know, you can you can ex- you can tell players to to uh, accept less to join your team, but it doesn't. You know, it, you don't have Brady anymore. You're not going to get those players to accept lesser deals anymore. And by the way, this is about to go final. Arkansas will officially uh, will officially advance to the Sweet 16 with a 54 to 48 victory over New Mexico State because they only have about 0.9 left on the uh, on the clock here. It's. I mean, they basically re-signed players who who were already on the team to begin with. And all they've really done is they've downgraded their offensive line to the point where Mac Jones is probably going to get killed next year. Mm. Uh, you know, the Dolphins, they also got Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals uh, two years $12.6 million, $6.1 million of it guaranteed. Uh, he's, they're basically going to be doing a running back by committee sort of thing down there uh, in Miami, from what it sounds like. Uh, the Vikings, this one is kind of, kind of confusing to me. The Vikings have signed Cousins to a one-year extension worth thirty-three or thirty-five million dollars, <throat> which wow. basically the extension allows them to save fourteen million against the cap this year, uh, which substantially lowers what was going to be a record forty-five point two million dollar cap hit this year. So. This is basically going to keep Cousins in Minnesota for at least the next two years. Uh, But, you know, Kirk Cousins has been so iffy as uh, as a quarterback that, you know, you never really know if he's going to be the actual franchise quarterback that Minnesota needs. Uh, let's see. The uh, Bills, they did re-sign Isaiah McKenzie to a two-year deal uh, worth about – I didn't get the, the dollar value, but uh, this basically means that Cole Beasley's days as a Buffalo Bill are officially over. The Raiders, they also – not only did they, did they uh, get uh, Devontae Adams, but they have signed Jakob Johnson – of the Patriots, as well as Brandon Bolden of the Patriots. So McDaniels is basically trying to bring in as many people that he knows as possible. This one could be a potentially big move. Uh, Tennessee has released Julio Jones. Yes. And that is being, it is being designated it is being designated as a post-June 1st cut, which will save Tennessee $9.5 million against the cap this year by pushing $8.4 million in dead cap to next year. 
And this is a team that gave up a second and fourth round pick for Jones last June, only for him to have a uh, an injury filled season this year. He only he he only made 37 catches this year for 496 yards and a single touchdown. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like Brady is already recruiting him to the uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I guess eventually he'll get his ring. Uh, the Raiders, they also acquired cornerback Rocky Yassin from the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, this one's a Kind of a bit surprising, but uh, I guess it's probably because they need more help at cornerback, considering the fact that they won't need Ngakwe after they agreed to terms with outside linebacker Chandler Jones on a three-year deal. Uh, and right. he's expected to make around the neighborhood of $17 million per season, from what it sounds like. So Josh McDaniels ain't playing around. No, with this, uh, with the moves that he has made this off season, and I kind of wonder, kind of makes me wonder if maybe perhaps Belichick has been the has been the reason why, you know, the Patriots have always been so conservative because. You know, I, I kind of have to wonder if, you know, if, if it was somebody else other than Belichick, if maybe the Patriots would have been more aggressive. Uh, Brady did get some reinforcements uh, this year. They The Buccaneers, they did sign Russell Gage, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, to a three-year, $30 million deal. Oh, that's the other thing. Atlanta... Yeah was the team that originally was going to get Deshaun Watson before Deshaun Watson had a sudden change of heart and instead wanted to go to Cleveland. So once again, in the postseason, Atlanta has blown a 28-3 to lead. <laughs> once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, History repeats itself. But yeah, history history repeats itself exactly. Uh the Patriots in another stunning move acquired linebacker Mac Wilson from the Cleveland Browns in exchange for linebacker Chase Winovich, who for some reason was in Bill Belichick's doghouse simply because he was doing things he was doing the right things on the field. Which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But I, I guess it's I guess they want to go with coverage as opposed to going with speed. But if you don't have the speed, you're not going to have the coverage. If that makes any sense. Uh, also, uh, this is uh, this is bad news for you, Alexis. Uh, it is expected that the Chiefs are going to trade or release defensive end Frank Clark 
due to his $26.3 million cap hit hit this upcoming year. Now, it says that they could restructure his deal, but it is more likely that they will move on from him after he has posted uh, declining sack totals uh, the past three seasons. Uh, the Chiefs, though, did make a move this week. They did sign Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year, ten and three-quarter million dollar contract, which basically means that now Patrick Mahomes's uh, brother has competition when it comes to TikTok videos. So okay, uh, we will have we will have all season all season long. It'll be Juju Smith-Schuster against Jackson Mahomes for the king of TikTok in Kansas City. <laughs> Little brother. Uh, who knows? Maybe Juju Smith Schuster will dance on the uh, will dance on the Chiefs logo at midfield. Uh, let's see. Some uh, some other little bits here. Uh, the Eagles they released Fletcher Cox only to then re-sign him to a deal uh, one year, fourteen mm. million. Basically, they saved they saved four million dollars by uh, by releasing him and then re-signing him. Uh, the Jets they did agree to a deal with uh, Lakin Tomlinson of the Forty ers on a three year forty million dollar deal. Uh, he gets get twenty seven million guaranteed in this deal. Uh, he got a fresh start. After after once being a failed first rounder of the Lions in 2015, got a fresh start in San Francisco, and he became a fixture on Kyle Shanahan's offensive line. So now he rejoins former 49er assistant Robert Saleh as well as Mike Lafleur, the offensive coordinator. So uh, if anything, this should be a pretty big upgrade for the uh, the Jets' offensive line moving forward. And not just that, but also they signed, uh, what's his name, Whitehead from the – Jordan Whitehead from the Tampa Bay Bucks to a two-year $14.5 million contract after starting for the Bucks for most of the last three seasons. Uh, compiling five picks and 21 passes deflected in over 2,600 defensive snaps over that span. Uh, And he's actually coming off of his best year in run defense uh, this past season. So it looks uh, looks like this new general manager for... Uh, the Jets is actually taking things a lot more seriously compared to uh, yeah, recent. Uh, before we move on to baseball, one quick note here. Kane uh, Velasquez, who is in prison or, or in jail technically, uh, not in prison yet, but he is in jail uh, for an attempted murder after some after somebody uh, after somebody raped his uh uh his niece 
apparently he was denied bail. Ooh. Claiming that the risk claiming that the risk was too great. Uh, the the judge the judge claims that the risk is too great to let him out of to let him out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, Dana White is supporting him too. Well, it's not just Dana White; it's a whole a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of MMA stars yeah. are supporting him in this. I mean, honestly, I understand what the judge is thinking that you know, if they let him out yeah. of jail, he's just gonna he's just gonna try and go after the guy again. But well, actually, no, he can't go after well, can the, guy the guy because the guy is in Come on, can you blame him. Yeah, I, I know, but the guy the guy himself is actually in prison too. I think because uh, after the guy received medical attention, he uh, they ended up, uh, if I recall correctly, they ended up uh, arresting him. For the crime. Uh, Let's see. Moving on to baseball, where we have. I mean, I could go on more and more with some with some of these uh, with some of these NFL signings, but I mean, there's a shit ton of them, so we'd be talking pretty much. Yeah, we'd be we'd be we'd be talking pretty much the entire night. Um, going over to baseball, though, you want to talk about signings. Uh, who would have known that Trevor Story would be the last shortstop on the market? Because mm. uh, the, uh, the one guy who everybody saw as the big prize on the shortstop market this off season, yeah. uh, he has officially been signed as Carlos Correa agreed to a three-year deal worth about $105.3 million with the Minnesota Twins of all teams. The Minnesota Twins acquire the 27-year-old shortstop after he posted a – 277 batting average with 25 homers in 640 plate appearances this year mm. for the Astros. And now, from what it sounds like, I you know I wouldn't get too uh, I wouldn't get too confident, Lou, uh, with the Yankees because no, it's more than likely Houston will probably pony up that cash to uh, get Trevor Story. Gary Sanchez, that doesn't help either. Yeah, that's another thing too. They they ended up acquiring uh, Josh Donaldson for uh, in exchange for Gary Sanchez, Gino uh, Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela. I mean, there was. I was very surprised that that deal even went down to begin with, because that completely. It completely shocked a whole bunch of people, um, right. and you started you started seeing Yankee fans on Twitter thinking that the sky was falling or something. Oh yeah, some did actually <laughs> think that. Sure, but uh, you know, a lot of people thought that okay, you know, the Yankees would be in the shortstop market. Maybe they would go after. Uh, 
they tried to go after Correa. Maybe they would go out. They would jump into the Trevor Story sweepstakes. Uh, the Red Sox are in the Trevor Story sweepstakes as well because they want to try and play him at second base as opposed to shortstop, which he has agreed. Uh, if a team does need him to play a different position, he will play a different position, but uh, for a short-term basis. Uh, the Marlins, they made a splash uh, earlier today, agreeing with Jorge Soler to a three-year $36 million deal. Uh, Soler, as part of the contract, uh, he has opt-out clauses in each of the uh, in each of the next two seasons of the deal. So he has an opt-out clause at the end of this upcoming season, and he has uh, an opt-out clause at the end of the 2023 season. Part of this deal. Uh, let's and see. When it comes, I, to... I read where. I read where Cincinnati's uh, Nick Castellanos joined uh, yeah. the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was Nick, something. Uh, it was something like ninety million dollars for ten years, for five years, or something like that. A hundred, a hundred, hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred million dollars over five years. Uh, Nick Castellanos goes home. Uh, as he is originally from the Philadelphia area, uh, I mean he he was he was a Nick pretty good Nick force for he was a pretty good force for Cincinnati last year three a three oh nine batting average thirty four yeah. homers I mean he he'll probably he'll probably face uh, a lower amount of production considering. He's moving from the Great American Ballpark to Citizens Bank Park this year. Uh, But I understand why they acquired him, because uh, he is a defensive upgrade compared to to, uh, Kyle Schwarber, who they also signed uh, to a contract this year uh this uh, this past week so it kind of makes sense why they would go out, why they would uh they would look to bring him in uh and actually they they've said it's been mentioned too that Bryce Harper has has played a huge role in bringing these guys in, uh into the Phillies as Philadelphia looks to finally become a contender. So, you know, he's definitely he's definitely played a huge role uh, in Philadelphia's spending this year. Uh, here comes Gonzaga. Now a yeah, four point Gonzaga four. lead. Uh huh. Yeah. It was. Basically, uh, Drew Timmy has officially woken uh, woken up after only scoring four first half points. Uh, now all of a sudden has scored eighteen in the second half. Go figure. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Probably one of the biggest bits of signing to come out, though, was Freddie Freeman 
leaving Atlanta to officially become a member of the of the LA Dodgers, which by the way, you can now officially mark uh, LA will make it to the World Series next year or this year, I should say. Uh, six years, $162 million. You don't, you don't think so, Lou? Well, I mean, it's too early to tell, really. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, when the season hasn't begun yet. I mean, you can make all the assumptions you want, but, you know, I don't start thinking about that until, like, you know, like, uh, not at least Memorial Day. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, on paper, if you take a look on yeah. paper, though, you know, just – Hang yeah, on. Just let, me, let me let me bring up let me let me bring up the depth chart real quick here. Uh, just taking a look on paper, they got Will Smith as the uh, or actually I don't know if it's Smith or Barnes that's the starting catcher, uh, but you got Freddie like Freeman. You got Freddie Freeman. You got Max Muncy. You got Justin Turner. You got Gavin Lux uh, added in there as well as the uh, as the uh, the young prospect. You got Trey Turner at shortstop. In the outfield, you got AJ Pollock, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, and plus and plus you have to also take into account too. There's going to be a DH this year in the National yes. League. Uh, and you add in too, they got you know they got Chris Taylor also in the outfield. You take a look at their bullpen. They still have one of the strongest bullpens. Uh, Dan, they they added Danny Duffy this year. Uh, they still have Bruce Dar Gratterall. They did lose Kenley Jansen though to Atlanta, so that is a pretty big loss. But they did get Daniel Hudson from uh, from Washington. They have David Price as part of their bullpen. So I, I guess he's no longer a starter. He they basically switched him to becoming a. Uh, actually, no, they have him listed as both. So I guess I guess he'll alternate maybe. Uh, but you know, you look at their rotation. They got Walker Bueller. Julio uh, Urias, Clayton Kershaw is back again. Price could potentially be part of the rotation. They got Dustin May, assuming he's not out for the entire year. Uh, this team looks like a, looks like a World Series uh, a World Series favorite. Well, I didn't think it means on paper. Yeah. But I mean, just you know, adding Freddie Freeman to that list after he had 31 homers last year for the Braves. I mean, this you know, it's it, it's completely asinine the fact that the Braves decided, nah, you know what? We prefer we prefer to have. Uh, I mean, they wasted absolutely no time once. Uh, you know, once the lockout was lifted, they wasted absolutely no time going with Matt Ol- uh, going to make a trade with the Athletics for Matt Olson. I mean, they wasted absolutely no time on that. 
So it's I, – I think it's a complete show of disrespect to a guy who basically brought your franchise back into relevancy. You know, and now all of a sudden those guys, you know, uh, because of this one guy, you guys are back in relevancy and now all of a sudden you're just going to be like, you know what? I'm not really feel I'm not really feeling bringing him back. We don't think he's worth as much as uh as much as he's going to get on the open market. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful when you think about yeah. it. But I mean, clear clearly, you know, they needed and, and, and you know, actually, no. Never mind. That's the other thing. It's not like they needed to upgrade at first base. I mean, they had Max Muncie, who could very easily take over first base, and they could have either Gavin Lux or Chris Taylor play second. Yeah. So it's not like they really needed an upgrade, unless they're moving Max Muncie to. Uh, if they're if they're having him be the designated hitter this year, because Freddie Freeman is coming in for first, but speaking of first baseman, though uh, the Yankees they re-signed Anthony Rizzo to a two-year, thirty-two million dollar deal, uh, and it does say that he does have an opt-out after the first year in the deal. Uh, but it, it's, it is a pretty good a pretty good uh, move by the Yankees to re-sign him. Uh, he should be good for around 25 homers, uh, and also he usually has solid RBI numbers, which is definitely something that the Yankees uh, have been missing the last couple of years. So, uh, pretty good move for the Yankees here to to re-sign Anthony Rizzo. I mean, I'm sure, you yeah. know, there's probably not a lot of teams that would have offered him the contract he got, uh, but I think it's probably worth the, it's probably worth the money that they commit, that they've committed to him. So, I mean, two years, it, it basically this could potentially be just a one year, $16 million deal if he opts out, but right. Uh, chances are he probably won't opt out because the Yankees don't have anybody else at first. So after they traded oh, forget away, that, uh, you know what? That, that this is a, this is another thing I want to get your thoughts on, Lou. What do you think of the Yankees? Uh, and you know what? One of the one of the guys that I follow on on Twitter, he knew that this was going to happen uh, as soon as they uh-huh. re-signed Anthony Rizzo. What are your thoughts on the Yankees trading away Luke Voigt to the Padres oh, man. Oh, man. for a pitching <laughs> for a pitching for a prospect. pitcher that that has a terrible ERA? Not a smart move. I saw like this yeah. kid, uh, kid that he's in the low, he's in the low, like, low class uh, minor leagues. He's up uh, way too many runs. He's, uh, he strikes out a lot. 
let's put it this way. You inherited a trash dump. 20, a 20-year-old. A right? How are you going to win with that? Yeah, a six a six point nine five ERA. Yeah, granted, real. it's only nine. Granted, it's only nine games, and he's twenty years old. But you're playing in single A. You're yeah. playing in 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 low single A. You would think that that they that uh, he'd be able to put up better numbers, even though he's yeah. a young player. Well, I, I, I can benefit that because he's young. He has a lot of, you know, growing up to do. But still, you're not gonna make, you're not gonna survive in the big leagues with numbers like that. No, I mean, and to be fair, he was drafted in the first round in 2020. So maybe, perhaps, the kid has uh, has a bit of promise, but. Yeah, your first nine appearances and a 6.95 ERA, that's not really all that promising. No. So, but I I kind of think it was a mistake to get rid of Voight because, yes. you know, you never know if Rizzo is going to get injured. So... Otherwise, you know, Voight, it sounds like Voight is probably going to be the designated hitter for the Padres, who already have Eric Hosmer at first base, unless they decide to do it uh, with Hosmer being the DH. But, um, yeah, a very questionable move made by, uh, by the Yankees here to trade him. I guess maybe they want to – they want to recover some of the pitching prospects that they gave up. Yes. In the, in the, in the deals that they made at the deadline. That's the only thing I can think of. But I think you'd be right. I don't know. I don't know though. It just, it just seems like a bad move to me. And speaking of bad moves, speaking of bad moves, the Colorado Rockies, they've gone from Trevor Story to Chris Bryant now on a seven-year, $182 million contract. And he basically replaces Nolan Arenado after Nolan Arenado was sent last year to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, as part of the deal, he will receive a full no-trade clause. Uh, he hit 265 last year with 25 homers, and he also stole 10 bases uh, in 586 plate appearances last year between the Cubs and the San Francisco Giants. Regardless, I think that's still an astronomical amount of money for oh, Bryant, considering considering the amount of money that other top name free agents are making. It's I, I think this is one of the highest contracts. Uh, no pun intended, that they uh, – that's been uh, put out there this Mm offseason.
Uh, let's see. And while everybody yeah. else is signing, while everybody else is signing, uh, signing big deals, the Red Sox, meanwhile, yeah. are searching for scrubs. As they signed Matt Strom to uh, a one-year deal after he missed most of the season last year with knee issues, and he only tossed six and two-thirds innings and allowed six runs on 15 hits and one walk last year for the Padres before mm-hmm. he ended up being released. I will say I do like I do like the next signing, though. They signed Jake Diekman to a multi-year deal. Uh, a 3.86 ERA last year for the Athletics. He recorded seven saves. My only problem I have with him is the fact that he's getting older. He's 35 years old entering this season. So who knows how much how much longer he has to be effective. Well, how old is he now? 35. Not much. 35, and he posted a 3.86 ERA last year uh, in the bullpen for oh, the okay. Athletics. That's not, that's, not, that's not a terrible ERA. No, but at the same time, you know, as you get older, you kind of – eventually the game starts catching up, starts catching up to players. Yes, yes, it does. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm kind of questioning – the Sox making this, uh, this, I mean, I like it better than the Matt Strom signing, but, uh, my only issue is his age, 35 years old. Yes. You know, will he be able to play the entire season? It's, there's a couple of things. By the way, speaking of injuries, uh, Major League Baseball, they did officially announce that they will change stints on the injury list back to 15 days as opposed to the recently used 10 days. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's now officially back to the 15-day DL. Okay. So uh, I guess the the 10-day DL was mainly for – what you know was was mainly for uh, COVID for the COVID, COVID years basically yeah. Uh, let's see what else do we have? Uh, Adam Adovino he signed a one year four million dollar deal with the New York Mets. Uh, that also comes with one million dollars in incentive bonuses. Uh, last year for the Sox he posted a four point two one ERA. Out of the bullpen, um, I mean, as bad as that as bad as that number sounds, he was actually one of our better relievers last year. So, yeah, it's I will I will still say this. I think the Yankees did make a mistake last year in pretty much giving away pretty much giving away Adam Ottavino while also giving away Garrett Whitlock in the same deal just for the Sox to take Ottavino's contract off of them. Yeah. That's the only reason why they got rid of Whitlock was so that uh the Sox would be willing to take the 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 contract of uh Ottavino. But 
I mean, he wasn't that bad. So the Mets did get a serviceable arm in this uh, in this deal. You know, it's funny how I talk about age. The Washington Nationals signed 41-year-old Nelson Cruz to a 12 or to a one-year 15 million dollar deal. And it also includes a $16 million mutual option for the 2023 season with a $3 million buyout. So he will slot behind Juan Soto in the Nationals lineup, from what it sounds like. Uh, good news for you, for you Evan. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, they signed – you're a Royals fan, aren't you? Or are you just a Chiefs fan for Kansas City? I occasionally or pay Alexis, attention I mean. to the Royals. What was that? I occasionally pay attention to them. You don't, you don't really pay attention to them? I'm just not a baseball person. True. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's true. I, I forgot. I forgot. You're mainly you're mainly a football uh, mainly a football person. Hey, here's a uh, trivia question. Where'd the Kansas City Royals come from? Uh. Yeah. Don't look it up. Know, I have no. I, I'm not even looking it up right now. I have no idea. They were the Cincinnati Royals. That's, were that's they? right. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I had I think no it, idea that. I, I always thought that Cincinnati was just the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, this is uh, basketball. Cincinnati Royals. Yeah. Oh. They're now. Uh, I I I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you were talking about uh, Kansas City uh, Royals uh, basketball. But uh, yeah, no, no. I was I was talking uh, Kansas City ba- uh, baseball. Base. Yeah, baseball. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, the Royals they signed. Uh, they they did bring back uh, Zach Greinke. Officially, a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal. Uh, Granke comes back twelve years after he left uh, Kansas City, uh, so he is back on a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal. Kind of makes me wonder if maybe, perhaps, this is his final year, which is why he decided to come back to Kansas it might City. Be. Uh, Thirty-eight years old. He held a pristine 3.41 ERA, uh, or he holds a pristine 3.41 ERA over 18 years in the league, uh, dating all the way back to 2004. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like this is probably his final year, from, especially with how he ended last year in Houston. Because he honestly didn't even – he looked like a former shell of himself. Uh, no longer the uh, the dominant 
starter that he once was. Matter of fact, in the playoffs, he couldn't even go a full five innings anymore. So, uh, let's see. What else do we have on the uh, thing here? Oh, 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 I can't believe I forgot this. Uh, Going back to the NFL, uh, the L.A. Rams have officially – agreed to a four-year extension with Matt Stafford uh, worth around $160 million. The deal includes 135 guaranteed, uh, $135 million in guaranteed money. And basically this is expected to help the Rams add free agents this year, which means his cap hit has actually been reduced because of this extension. And basically his extension is roughly the same one uh, that Dak Prescott signed last off season. So now Stafford is under contract for the next five seasons uh, in LA as he looks to try and repeat uh, as a Super Bowl champion next season. Uh, this past year, though, uh, since coming to L.A., he threw for 4,886 yards along with 41 touchdowns in this L.A. offense. And he also propelled Cooper Cup to historic heights and helped to revitalize Odell Beckham's career. Which, by the way, that raises a question. Is anybody surprised that Odell Beckham hasn't been signed yet? No. I mean, the Rams, they they did bring in Allen Robinson through free agency. Uh, I think it was like three years, $45 million or something like that. Uh, well, today they also sent Robert Woods, who is recovering from an ACL tear, uh, to the Tennessee Titans in exchange for just a sixth-round pick, basically a salary dump, essentially. Uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of surprising, though, that with Odell Beckham, maybe it's because maybe it has to do with his injury because he also tore his ACL. Maybe they're hesitant, yeah. or teams are hesitant to come out with an offer to him because who knows what kind of uh, what kind of condition he's going to be in entering yeah. next year. By the way, it looks like. Gonzaga is probably with a 78-73 lead here. Looks like they are probably going to advance and face Arkansas in the Sweet 16. Whoa. Unless, oh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, really. Unless... (laughs) Problem is, though, Memphis has to be able to make a stop. And considering how Gonzaga has uh, has dominated the past couple of uh, 
you know, how they've dominated this this entire second half. I don't know if they will be able to make a stop. Uh, let's see here. The Packers, they have re-signed Robert Tanyan to a one-year deal. Uh, so he will officially come back as Aaron Rodgers' tight end. Oh, Amari Cooper has actually already had his contract restructured by Cleveland earlier today. Uh, The deal has converted his $20 million base salary to a signing bonus while adding two void years to the end of his deal, which basically saves them $15 million against the cap. So basically this allows... This is going to allow Cleveland to basically push all of their chips in uh, like L.A. did to try and win over the next few seasons with this restructuring. And to further signal that Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland is done, uh, the Browns brought in Jacoby Brissett officially today on a one-year deal. And not to mention they sent Case Keenum to the Buffalo Bills for a seventh-round pick this year. Uh, Also, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, uh, there has reportedly been progress on an extension for Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. Uh, Looks like Donald is currently under contract through 2024, a new contract obviously would push the idea of retirement to the back of his head for a few more seasons. And maybe perhaps this deal could, uh, an ex- a potential extension could potentially help with, uh, with the salary cap as well. Uh, The Packers, they have re-signed cornerback Rasul Douglas to a three-year, $21 million deal after he was added off of Arizona's practice squad a month into the season last year. Uh, He ended up being signed after Jair Alexander went down with a shoulder injury, and in a dozen games, he recorded 13 pass defenses and five picks, two of which he took all the way back for a pick six. And it looks like with this deal, uh, Green Bay believes that they will, uh, or that he will keep playing at a high level moving forward here. Um, Let's see. The Falcons, they have a re-signed Cordero Patterson, to a two-year, $10.5 million deal after he had a career year in Atlanta last year, rushing for 618 yards and six touchdowns, while also catching 52 passes for 548 yards and five touchdowns. Huh, I would kind of think he would get a little more than just 10.5 mil for those numbers, but... I guess that's I guess that's what they're going with. Uh 
Dante Jackson has officially re-signed with the Carolina Panthers. Three years, $35.1 million. Uh, the Panthers, they ended up letting Jackson test the market before he decided to return to the team. Uh, he ended up playing through a core muscle injury th- for most of last season, missing the final five games on the injured reserve list. Uh, but he did remain productive when he was healthy, finishing with 50 solo tackles, two picks, and 10 pass breakups. And signing Jackson means that the Panthers are unlikely to re-sign Stephon Gilmore, which probably means Stephon Gilmore is headed to the to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. From what it sounds like, at least. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy released a statement. Uh, saying that the Deshaun Watson trade has no effect on the league's ongoing investigation into the many sexual assault allegations against him. Uh, Says that a grand jury declined to indict him last week, but he still faces 22 civil cases regarding alleged sexual assault. Uh, The statement reads that if the league's investigation determines that Watson violated the personal conduct policy, discipline may be imposed pursuant to the policy and the CBA. Uh, The Browns did set up his contract as if they anticipate a suspension, setting his official salary at only $1 million this year, though he did receive a $45 million signing bonus as part of the deal. So it seems like uh, Cleveland is anticipating that he is going to miss a considerable chunk of the season due to the uh, the sexual assault allegations. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, the Giants, they released uh, Logan Ryan as a, well, it doesn't say what it was designated as, if it was pre-June 1st or post-June 1st. Um, But if it's a a pre-June 1st cut, they only save about under a million dollars. If it's a post-June 1st cut, they save about 3.75 million uh, off of the books. So... Uh, regardless, though, there are heaps of dead money left behind either way. As and you could basically thank Dave Gettleman for that uh, for the problem that that the Giants are facing. Dave Gettleman is a problem. Yeah, he's always been. He, he it, it, that's why the Giants got rid of him to begin with. Yes. And actually, I was close with Allen Robinson. It was a three-year, $46.5 million deal. So, um, yeah, that's the official deal with the L.A. Rams for uh, for Robinson. Uh, let's see what else we got. We have – wait a minute. There was – Uh, 
Oh, okay. It was Larry Ogunjobi. That's who uh, may no longer be joining the Chicago Bears because he reportedly failed his uh, physical from what it sounds like. So I'll do it. Maybe perhaps, maybe perhaps there's still a chance of him going back to Cincinnati. We don't know. Uh, And the Pittsburgh Steelers are officially screwed because they signed Mitch Trubisky to a two-year deal. Dumb. So they figure instead of going with Mason Rudolph, they want to give Mitch Trubisky a chance with that offense. I'm sorry. There goes your season, buddy. You lost Juju Smith-Schuster, and you haven't really added anybody. You have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool as your top two. I'm sorry, but no. And as we end the show tonight, Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga against uh, Memphis. the Razorbacks. Yep. It is Gonzaga against the Razorbacks. Uh, but with that being said, uh, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Thank you to Lou. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you, JB. Uh, we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. And uh, be sure to tune in Thursday night for another edition of the Survivor uh, 42 Recap Show. Uh, for all of us, everybody have a good rest of your weekend and Yep, we will see you guys for Sports Whispers Weekly next Saturday night. Saturday. Yep, Saturday night. Uh, or have some good... of us next Thursday. Yeah, some of us next Thursday. Anyways, have a good rest of your weekend, guys. Okay.